Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Investment News Podcast. My name is Jeff Benjamin. My co-host Bruce Kelly is uh, taking a day off today, won't be helping us out. Uh, he has to, uh, I understand he's tweaking his uh, world famous uh, uh, lasagna recipe. He's a big, uh, he's a big uh, lasagna maker and it's getting toward Christmas time when he makes that stuff. So, uh, and I want to tell you all, if you're ever in the New York area at Christmas time, you should uh, stop by Bruce's house. You don't even have to call ahead. Just stop by and uh, have him uh, serve up some of his world famous lasagna. He's very proud of it. So, so go ahead and dig in. Um, now I want to introduce our guest here today, Knut Rosted, co-founder and president of the Institute for the Fiduciary Standard, a nonprofit that advances the fiduciary standard through research, education, and advocacy. We're going to talk, to, or I'm going to talk today with Knut about uh, some of the topics that, that we kind of glance at here on the podcast. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I got uh, I was talking to one of our guests about the whole idea of the fiduciary standard and best interest and all that other stuff. And I, I kind of threw it out there that I think it's just a bunch of inside baseball noise to most consumers. And in that respect, this kind of almost is, is like a consumer oriented podcast, as I see it, this this episode here. But uh, but that's OK, because if you're a financial professional, your audience is consumers. So uh this will help you hopefully get a better grip on what they see in all this noise that I think the industry is making. And I'm not saying it's not important, but um, anyway, let's let's dig into this. this is good. Knut, how are you doing? Thanks for being here. Hey, uh, Jeff, I'm doing great on this Monday afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, this is uh, going to be a fun one. Uh, Knut, we, you reached out to me after listening to that, that podcast that I referenced a couple of weeks ago and uh, got me kind of thinking. You sent me a copy of your recent white paper on this topic, and, and I think that would be a good kind of jumping off point, if you don't mind just kind of, kind of summarizing that for us. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, uh, listen, the, um, uh, this, the paper that, uh, came out in June of this year, just before the uh, uh, Reg BI and Form CRS, the whole package of re new regulations have been in effect for one year. So it was sort of like the first anniversary of, of, the, of the regulations. And uh, the, what we wanted to address is this issue of investor confusion and quote unquote investor confusion uh, is significant from a regulatory point of view in terms of how uh, the SEC especially sort of views dealing with uh, retail investors and regulation. So we wanted to look at what, uh, what has been in terms of uh, the issue of investor confusion and look at some much more recent research that suggests there may be a fundamental misunderstanding about what exactly it is. So that's what we that's what we did in this paper. So let me just quickly highlight uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 paper and sort of what we found, what we looked at, and what we found. And and the um, uh, not to get into too much detail, but uh, but to get into enough detail such that uh, there can be an understanding of how we came, how we got to a Reg BI and form CRS in June 2019 by the SEC. Uh, because it didn't, it didn't just fall out of air, out of thin air, 
and in many ways uh, it it uh, it fit a pattern that we've seen for 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 many many years. And by that I mean the starting point for our paper is to look at uh, what is considered a groundbreaking piece of research, Jeff. I think in terms of the Rand report of 2008, and this is a report that commissioned by the SEC that. Uh, uh, aim to get uh, a, the, the research and data around the question of what is it that retail investors understand or not understand about broker dealers and investment advisors. That in a nutshell is what the report, uh, report aimed to do. And so uh, the report comes out in 2008 and uh, it's uh, in its different pieces, it's, uh, it's several several hundred, I think three or 400 pages long. And it's, it's big headline is investors are confused about what it is that broker dealers do and are and what it is that investment advisors do and are. That's, that is the big, that is the big headline. Um, and, and then uh, uh, fast forward, uh, the SEC came out with an update of the report in 2018. And lo and behold, the big headline conclusion was pretty much the same as 2008. Investors are confused about uh, investment advisors and broker dealers, and um, and th and and that sort of sets the sets the table for how the SEC lo looks at uh, looks at uh, I think uh, regulating. Uh, conduct standards and regulating broker dealers and and investment advisors, but um, uh, so that's the that's where that's sort of the big picture backdrop, and so now we now we fast forward to uh, to twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen and twenty eighteen uh, the SEC uh, inter introduces pro uh, proposed Reg BI and proposed form CRS. And uh, over the next year, it gets comments on it be, and before it comes out with final rules in June 2019. Now, what is, what is important, I think, about understanding what happened in, uh, what happened in this rulemaking is, uh, is, again, has to do with the, the, the basic assumptions about what investors understand and why they don't understand or why they do understand Different different aspects. So, um, uh, uh, I just want to mention a couple of a couple of key points from the 2018 uh, the uh, uh, RAN report, and the, uh, the these key points uh, use language to suggest that investors found the descriptions given broker dealers and investment advisors difficult to understand. And uh, you know they had a hard time deciphering how brokers and advisors differed, and um, uh, and in one piece of this research, in fact, it's the Office of Investor Advocate um, did did their did their research, and uh, this is the I, I want to mention this because it's the only time I've seen this, Jeff. That the and 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 maybe maybe I've missed it, and I. And if I have, I, I, I invite anybody to, to share with me uh, what I've missed when I say that it's the only time 
in in the past, uh, I'm going to go back to 2008, 13 years, that I recall that the an SEC acknowledged that uh, they, it's the SEC itself, may have fallen short in its part, its job in um, in uh, disclosing about uh, what invest advisors and and broker dealers do, and and you know here specifically. Uh, the the office investor advocate said that um, that uh, you know perhaps they've got to come up with better ways to communicate to in- investors the differences. Aha, this is this is a key point because directly thereafter, and then I'll, I'll, I'll and then I'll bring this to a close in terms of the in terms of the big picture. Uh, there uh, there had there was research done by an, a a private group called Climate Communications in December 2018. And they looked specifically at language that is in form CRS, and that is the customer relationship form, I should say. Um, And it is is intended to be brief and intended to to get to this issue of confusion and to really break through the fog. And and what and what uh, Kleiman found out is really important because it 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 suggests that there's there has been a basic mis- misunderstanding about how many people view the issue issue of confusion because what Kleiman did is they went through several parts of this form they switched out words uh, that they thought they thought some words that were not understood and put in words they believed might be understood. And Jeff, lo and behold, what happened? They found that investor understanding of these terms uh, increased, uh, that investors actually uh, were able to understand uh, more about what it is that separates advisors from brokers. You know, for example, I'll just use two or three quick examples here. Climb and replace the word brokerage for the word sales. Huh. And all of a sudden, the the idea that um, under the category of what services are provided, and you know, in terms of how the services are described in the headline, uh, investors understood better the difference between advisors and and, and brokers. The key point they and that's because uh, Kleiman believed that they understand the difference between advice and sales. That's one, just one example in this climate report. The, uh, the, the next example has to do with fees. You know, fees is, fees is a huge issue. And once again, the SEC is on record and again and again and again, sort of throwing up its hands and, you know, uh, in, uh, and being flustered and not understanding why, uh, why investors don't understand uh, the fees they're paying uh, for the services that they're getting. Um, and here is another uh, another place where Kleiman switched out the the, the term transaction based for the term commission. And guess what happened? Investors appear to understand what the word commission means. And guess what else? They want to know what they're paying. They don't. They're not as interested as what types of fees they're paying. They want to know what they're paying. And you know this sounds this sounds extraordinarily basic, but you know on the issue of fees, and, and this comes through in different research as well, uh, uh, Jeff. You know investors constantly say, you know I don't know what I'm paying, and it's frustrating. 
Well, guess what? Because when you look at how the issue of fees is, is handled, uh, you know, uh, predominantly in the broker-dealer industry, but also uh, to a lesser degree in the investment advisory world, uh, we're, we're talking about types of fees. We're not talking about what the fees are. And, you know, it's, it's sort of, in, uh, sort of uh, perplexing to me in a sense that why is it so hard to understand that a consumer who's buying a service would like to know what they're paying for this service? But here again, uh, so Kleiman found out that, gosh, if you use language that investors understand, they understand the ideas that are, that, uh, that, that, that are being talked about. Then, then the last example I'll use here is the example of a best interest standard, which of course is what the SEC named the, uh, named the, uh, uh, the rulemaking. And, um, uh, and, and, and as they did so, they proudly said, well, we're not really gonna define it. Because uh, uh, because you know it's a uh, it's intended to be uh, a principles based standard, so we're not going to really define it. You know, we will let the broker dealers themselves develop policies and procedures, and we'll let broker dealers themselves uh, enforce those policies and procedures before we take a look at it. And lo and behold, what happened? Well, investors were found out not to understand what best interest meant. And then again, you know, there's, there's, we see frustration and anguish about why is it that investors can't understand this? And what of course seems to be overlooked is they don't understand it because uh, it hasn't been defined. But part of the irony here, Jeff, is because is that when regulation best interest was first introduced in 2018, you know, you know we, have, uh, we have four or five commissioners who are, who are, uh, who are uh, weighing in on it. And <laughs> two of the commissioners, uh, 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 Commissioner Stein and Commissioner Peirce, uh, rejected calling it a best interest standard. They came up with their own title for it because they don't believe it is a best interest standard. While, while, the, while the chairman and one or two other commissioners agreed it was a best interest standard. So I just think we should stand back and just think about that for a moment. You know when we get concerned that investors don't understand such things as how brokers and advisors differ, my goodness, the SEC commissioners themselves couldn't agree on what it is they were looking at in this proposed Reg, reg BI. They called it different things because, it, it, because they couldn't agree themselves. So all that, all that to sort of, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not irrelevant because, because you know what we our conclusion on the paper to you know to bring this piece to a to a uh, to a uh, to a pause the conclusion on the paper is uh, this concern about investor investor confusion is uh, uh, is the wrong focus it's not about investor confusion frankly it's about uh, it's about information confusion and that meaning what investors are told and what is communicated by the industry and, and in different ways by the SEC itself doesn't make a lot of sense to them. And, uh, and so it's, uh, uh, it, is, it is wrong in our view to, to, to sort of sit here and, and sort of believe that all disclosure is, um, is bound to fail and uh, that there's that there can be no improvements in disclosure, and I say that Jeff, being I am as skeptical as the next person to the, uh, about how 
uh, disclosure has been overused by the regulators. It's been overused by the industry. Um, and uh, uh, so I, I absolutely believe that most of the disclosure out there literally fails. Okay, let me let me uh, yeah, let okay. me get in here for a minute here, Knut. The uh, the one of the, my favorite lines from from your white paper was a was a quote from Jay Clayton. He said the the form CRS read like it was written by lawyers for lawyers, um, and it's a great point because these to me it all reads like fine print, and it all reads like people that are trying to cover your blank. Yep. Uh, just because that's that's what it all reads like it's designed to do. Yeah. But my focus on all of this is from looking past the financial advisors that are that are either trying to brand themselves with one of these labels or brand somebody else with a different label is what does this all mean to the consumer? Yeah. And from my perspective as a I'm going to you know, I'm not a financial advisor, I am a financial journalist, but I still see this, I feel like I have a perspective from the laypersons here, that I look at this, because I see TV commercials and all these other things, and I I, I told you uh, a few days ago about a commercial that I saw on TV, and I'm not going to name the, the firm, but they said, you know, we're a fiduciary, we have the client's best interest in mind, and I'm like, well, you just you just doubly confuse people because the industry is in this in this tug of war between the best interest uh, standard, which is I guess supposed to be set for brokers, and the fiduciary standard supposedly set for independent financial advisors, and you just threw that out there. To me, I think you could go out on the street, anybody, pick any five people, hundred people, a thousand people, I don't care, and. 90% are not going to know what you're talking about. And these can, you can even pick people specifically with, with clients with right. uh, that have financial advisors. I, I think this is all, it feels like, and sounds like, and looks like inside baseball. And it's the kind of stuff that we here at investment news as a trade publication, you know, we're rightfully covering, but the industry talks about this, like it's some kind of a, a golden goose that has to be nurtured and treated the right way and everything. I'm like, you know, to me, it reminds me, it does when you go to buy a car or buy a house or something, they just keep sliding those pieces of paper in front of you, you just keep signing, and they yeah. just summarize them all for you. To yeah. me, you know, if my financial advisor says, hey, I'm a fiduciary, I'm in, I'm, I'm on your side of the table, I'm looking out for you. I'm like, yeah, well, I kind of hope so. And that doesn't guarantee me that you're going to basically do that. Anybody can break the law. Right. And the same thing with the best interest. Okay. Well, you've got my best interest in mind. Well, okay. I hope so too, because otherwise I'm not going to be your client anymore. But right. where, where are we right now with Canute with this? I mean, what's that issue here between best interest and fiduciary standard? I mean, who, why is there such a damn fight over one versus the other? Um, Jeff, this is a really good question. And uh, you know, you know, you know, where are we? Why is there why is there such a fight over it? Um, uh, part of it gets back to basic marketing, basic messaging, and the other part of it, I think, gets back to the law. And so, um, the uh, uh, and in that context, when you look at what it is that is in Reg BI, that uh, by all rights by all rights, it should never, ever 
be called a best interest standard because it's not because by uh, by uh, by uh, uh, years and years of background best interest is associated with with fiduciary period end of sentence so first point is the i think the uh, uh, the confusion that that comes from uh, from uh, from calling a broker dealer standard uh, a best interest standard. Now, the uh, the other the other point to add on that I think is that uh, um, uh, the the, uh, the industry uh, uh, well it depends on which part of the industry you're talking about, Jeff. There are parts of the industry that the last thing in the world they want to do is be. Uh, is be associated with with the word fiduciary because they know with it comes comes liability, um, mm -hmm. and so that's why I think that the that the broker dealer standard uh, has been called the best interest standard because guess what, it doesn't come with the same liability. Period. End of sentence. But it infers, excuse me, it implies, it suggests, you know, a best interest as it does. So so that's where marketing. Uh, the the marketing part and and the legal part sort of uh, sort of come together in and and uh, you know so de depending on which part of the segment of the industry uh, the largest segments want to stay away from the word fiduciary because of liability the the uh, smaller segments the independent uh, RIAs uh, they as a rule embrace uh, their fiduciary duty because they understand what it means and they understand, and this is uh, also, what, uh, also what I think is, is significant in terms of the reports here, they understand that they're, they're uh, I should say not all their clients, but many of their clients uh, appreciate the difference. They appreciate the difference between a, uh, an advisor and a salesperson. And that's that is a key part of what differentiates them in in the marketplace. Um, so uh, so on, on that basis, it makes sense to me that the that the industry is um, uh, is is very focused on this because it has to do you know on one hand liability legal liability and on the other hand a uh, a marketing advantage. Uh, so um, I don't know how well that answers your question, yeah, well but to me, it feels like it's all marketing because, I mean, I know it sounds noble to say we want to operate under a higher standard, Yeah. but really you want to say that you, you wouldn't just, op if you want to operate under a higher standard, just do it. Right. Uh, but if you're trying to do it, if you're trying to let everybody know you're doing it, that's a marketing thing. And yeah, yes. I, yeah. I, I can understand the, the sales side, as you call them, brokers, uh, the best interest. Um, whoever came up with that, you got to give them a little, you know, a little marketing chops for that. Cause, uh, yes. best interest, how do you, you know, what do you, how do you compete with best interest? You're like, uh, we got better, better, best interest, or we have uh, the opposite of best interest. No, we don't want that. You know what I mean? No, no, I mean, no, 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 you're right. No, 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 you're right, Jeff. I mean, you know, on, on that basis, you know, all, you know, it's, it, it sort of, it sort of smacks you in the face that, you know, how can anybody be better than the best interest? You're and, right. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, that. yeah. And, and, and on that basis, and, and on that basis, you can't, but, but here, you know, um, uh, but to say it's all, you know, you know, and, and your point, you know, you know, if you're going to, if you're going, if you're going to treat uh, clients as, 
as as for you should just do it. And you know, and and I think part of what I heard in your implication, and maybe I'm not right here, is is you know, and 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 don't worry about talking about it. But uh, you know, uh, but the uh, one one of the ironies of this, and you know, you you go and look at in, in RIA websites, and you have a feel of what's on those websites. But when it comes to form CRS, and this is what we're speaking to the SEC about right now, a lot of RIAs have decided not to mention their fiduciary status on their form CRS. And what we have found in, in, the little, in the research we've done is that they weren't aware that they're allowed to. Ah, mm -hmm. because what does form CRS do? It makes broker dealers and investment advisors appear to be virtually identical. It make, you know, they literally have to use the same language to describe their standard of conduct. So um, I think many RIAs uh, understood that to mean that they're not allowed to use the F word on mm -hmm. the CRS. And the fact is that's not true at all. And, uh, and, you know, you know, and, and the fact is they're not using that word. Uh, 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 not, they're not using that word, you know, uh, eliminates that part of their competitive advantage against, against broker dealers who, who by law, who by law are, are not fiduciaries and by law, you know, their, their business and, 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 and you know all this, but, you know, but too many, too many uh, customer, too many consumers don't know this by, you know, by law, you know, they're not allowed to be paid for providing a recommendation, mm -hmm. period. And, you know, that's a factoid that is never mentioned. And guess why? Because it's not going to promote a, uh, uh, also saying that, that, that they have a best interest standard. So, Anyway, uh, what you just said a minute ago about the uh, not being able to put fiduciary on your CRS, your form CRS, um, is a disadvantage. Um, to me, that gets back to the, the inside baseball part of this whole argument. I mean, I can understand why brokers and, and independent advisors are, are fighting over this yeah. uh, to have the best you know, little badge, and I don't want to, I don't want to make that sound like I'm making small of it, making less of it, because it is an important uh, distinction, but I don't know where the competitive advantage or disadvantage comes from, because I frankly, like I said, I honestly don't think consumers are paying that close attention to it. Well, you got to drum it into their head before they're going to know what yeah. fiduciary is. Yes, you know, that's true. You know, I mean, I, that is true, but here's something that I think is also true. And it, it, it doesn't, you know, it, I think it makes the picture a little bit more complex, but doesn't take away, I think, what you just said. And what I think, what I think is also true uh, is that, first of all, um, anecdotally, when we were going through the, the Department of Labor's ongoing efforts uh, six and seven years ago to come out with a fiduciary a, a higher fiduciary standard. Guess what happened? Anecdotally, we heard that uh, a lot of investors for the first time uh, were uh, got the idea that it's good to have a fiduciary. And they may not know what it means, but it's good to have one. So they started mm -hmm. asking. Now, that, that is true, but, but, uh, but uh, what is also true is, is um, uh, if, if, if RIAs can explain in simple terms what it means, to 
be a fiduciary, guess what? That does resonate with investors. And what specifically mm -hmm. do I mean? Uh, I mean that, and, and this came through in the SEC's own research, i.e. investors believe that fiduciaries have to make uh, have to recommend products, all things equal, that are less expensive than uh, than other possible projects. They believe that. They believe that's what a best interest standard should mean or does mean. Um, it, 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 uh, they believe that uh, that that payments that could influence an, uh, a broker's uh, decision have to have to be or should be uh, 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 disclosed. That should be part of what being a fiduciary is, and you know, here's a piece of it that, uh, as far as I know, I, I haven't I haven't come across anybody else who's pointed this out that by a margin of 51 to 22 percent, and consumers thought it was important or extremely important that and and a uh, advisor's uh, compensation be completely, completely uh, paid by the consumer him or herself fee only. The transparency part, the the direct the the direct part, the dealing with you know these issues that I just mentioned, uh, consumers understand that that is what they should get from a best interest advisor. They may not know how to find out whether they do, but they 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 feel they understand that that's what they should get, and and mm -hmm. they're right. They're basically right. So. So I think it's a matter of going underneath the covers of the word fiduciary and give it give it a clear meaning in plain language, and okay. then you then you got an advantage. One final question here: um, Is it is there ever going to be a way to distinguish between uh, Reg BI, Reg Best Interest, and fiduciary duty uh, in a way that investors will be able to understand? And and is it important if there is that distinction made? I think it's hugely important that that distinction is made. And it's, and listen, we didn't talk about this, but thank you for asking, because part of the answer to that uh, is in what we're trying to uh, urge the SEC to do right now, which, which is totally rewrite this form CRS, i.e. Uh, start over from scratch and, 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 and make it a form that focuses on what is it that in terms of the roles and purposes of an advisor on one hand and a broker on the other hand that makes them different? And, and what is it about their compensation that makes them different? And if you break down the, uh, those, those key parts like that, uh, uh, a couple things happen. What, what, first thing is that investors do understand uh, these differences and they understand that they're important. And so, uh, uh, you know, th so that, uh, uh, if the if the SEC were to follow this recommendation, and 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 a number of the commissioners say they're interested in looking at it, then that would be one way to do it, and that would be uh, perhaps an effective way to do it. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, Canute. Okay. I really appreciate this. Um, we could probably go on for a long time, and we're probably going to have to have you on here again, and uh, maybe bring Mark Chef on to kind of help round this out. Uh, but uh, for now, that uh, that's it, folks. That's another great episode of the Investment News Podcast. Our guest this week, Knute Rosted, co-founder and president of the Institute for the Fiduciary Standard. Uh, thanks for listening. We want to remind you that you can find our podcast at investmentnews.com. You can also find it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a review, follow us, let us know how we're doing. 
Uh, in the meantime, if you want to reach me or follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Benji Writer. My co-host uh, up there in New York making uh, lasagna, Bruce Kelly, is at BD News Guy. Um, leaving you now with one of my favorite quotes in the words of J. Paul Getty, rise early, work late, strike oil. Thank you. Thank you.